court. Fuck that. <laughs> hey, this shit hard though. <laughs> Yo, this is the Sky High uh, intro music for sure. I'm ganking this. You sold this already or what? No, I, 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 I made this five minutes ago. That, that shit's hard, bro. A couple samples. What's up? Let me get an intro song for the podcast, man. What's up? We need something good, man. Put a little bass line on it. I was going to do a, like a terrible comb over. Like, like a little pro over. Oh, that shit looks good. We got Ed Reed, everybody. We got Ed Reed live. Ed Reed live. Straight Super Bowl victory from 2001. What do you, so what do you think about that, man? I was just messing around, dude. What, that beat? Yeah. Oh, I love that shit. Dude, I think your music is dope. It, it's, it's cool because it reminds me of a lot of, uh, like, the music uh, that I've heard in a lot of different forms. There's, like, a lot of things of, like, I remember hearing a long time ago with, like, a certain sound. It, it's, it's a very righteous uh, sound. It's hard to tell. It's like a, the oh, era right. of, like, the Dilla, Kanye, like, Talib, all that shit. Like, that, it, it reminds you of that soulful, like, hip-hop shit. I, I usually don't, I'm not really a trap person. Trap is fun. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying I'm not fun. I'm more of a backpacker. But, mm -hmm. like, when I make beats, I just try to mess around and do, like, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, really. Like, I tried dance a couple times, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever it comes. But mainly it's backpacking, sampling. You know what I'm saying? What is it about backpacking versus, like, trap versus dance? Like, what are the differences, in your opinion? Differences? There's a lot of similarities in it. It's just is one harder I, than the other, or I just, I just, I guess I just feel the boom bat more of the the swaying of the boom back of the swing or whatever. Uh -huh. A lot of the trappers really has to deal with the hi hat slash the uh, the you know the snare. A little more intricate that, shit. You know that. So mm -hmm. you got that 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 you know it's like a triplet snare or not snare but triplet like hi hat. Yeah. So that's more of like the trap ish style. Yeah. You know, just. To me, it's, it was it was a lot like the South Dirty South music, but with the snare like triplet. That's what it sounds. That's how I it do sounds. like that sound. That sounds very particular. That like that. Yeah. Throw that in there to give like more of the trap sound. But see, that's true. So where's your boy at? No. Huh? Oh shit! Hell yeah. I like that one too. I like that one. like that shit.
Welcome to the Sky High Podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm, that's that's the intro. I'm using that as the intro song. Hey, I mean, unless you sold it. I mean, if you sold it already, then it's all good, but. I'm, I, that's what I'm doing in quarantine, you know, I'm just up in the, the woods and whatever. <laughs> Yo, that should look like uh, it's a scene from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> I can try, I can change it because, you know. No, it's all good. I'll just chill. This is my first time actually doing this shit. This is crazy. I've never done this before. Sky high right here, so. You know, oh, that's yeah. tight. Yo, I'm going to change mine to that shit, too. How do I do that? How do I do that? Hold on. How do I change my background? Let me get my background going. Uh, I think in preference, there's a selection where you do uh, virtual background. Oh, preferences. Yeah, yeah. Our boy, man, he he really uh, working on that CP time right now. I know. What's up with that? He was, like, all up in the text, though. He was like, yo, I'm here. And then, then Marjani happens. <laughs> he was talking trash. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Did you do a little bit of research on those topics? Man, I, man, I, like, not really. I'm not going to lie. Not really. I, I didn't, man. I was, uh, I got good. Right. But I mean, to be honest, they're like really easy talking points to me. I'll just, you know me, I'm just going to talk. That's also true. You always have something in the gun waiting to, you know, yeah. get out there. I feel Wait, how, how do I change that back? I want some cool ass backgrounds. Hold up. Yeah, you go to preference and then in preference, there should be a virtual uh, background. In the preference. Well, I don't know what computer you're using, but. Whatever okay. The all right, all right. I see you. I see you. I see you. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Okay. Or whatever. Like I can switch it to the this picture I took because I. I oh, that. okay. Now I'm good. I ain't got to do all that right now. Anyways, fuck it. All right. Sky high. We here. Oh, that's dope, man. See you up in the technologies. You need to get me on board. I figured out how I can like load up a picture, so I was like, all right. That's nice. All right. Oh, it's all good. We can just get started. He'll just hop in whenever he's ready. We'll text him, hop in when we're ready. We on. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. We're gooch. Anyways, you look good, man. The the grown out hair looks good. Uh yeah. Um yeah, man. I'm just growing it out. Like, I mean, really. I mean, I could get a cut if I risk it. Nah, dude, I take rocket like that, bro. That looks good on you. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was uh, talking to my piano instructor earlier today. And, you know, we were talking about how like he does. Ah, oh, yeah, this is not what I usually do. I'm like, you know, what the funny thing is, this is what we're naturally supposed to look like. You know, exactly. We're like editing everything on ourselves that, you know, like this is no longer acceptable. Which is whatever, whatever preference. You know, we evolve, but you know. Oh, that shit's in, bro. Ed Reed, man. I'm telling you, Ed Reed made that shit hot. Yeah, if I was yoked up or whatever, it'd probably look more sexier. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Why are you acting like you ain't yoked, bro? <laughs> Come on, dog. You've had a six-pack since birth. <laughs> this was hella buff, bro. You've always been cut. What's wrong with you? Jeez, I'm getting blown up. Can you hear the text on here? Yeah, what is that? What's up? You uh, signing into AOL? Damn, no, you too busy, bro. So how's piano lessons? Everything good? Man, still learning. You know, I got a lot to learn. It's just, uh, 
as a semi perfectionist, I gotta keep you know working on what I gotta do. Mm. Like uh, nothing's ever where I want to be, you know, <laughs> until I get into like the Stevie Wonders. But then life by putting in the work that Stevie Wonder put in, you know, that's the that's sometimes I have to question myself on that, you know. You know, Stevie get Stevie always get looked over. He does, but I'm I'm just saying like you know what I'm saying is like people like sometimes when you look at where you, if you're not where you want to be you have to really assess did you put in the work that you need to put in mm. you know what I'm saying and so mm. who are I, you Michael Jordan I'm not that crazy you know what I'm saying I'm not that crazy in my opinion hey I played I played 21 with you a couple times and shit got heated <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so like, it, it's crazy when I'm watching this whole like um you know, the Bulls, you know, and the, the last dance thing. And people mm-hmm. talk about how Michael Jordan's motor is beyond any others. And I keep thinking, like, I feel like a lot of people in the NBA have a have a motor. It's just that, yeah, he was just on an insane level. So it, it's just weird how, like, everybody, most people in the NBA have a, a, have a desire, have a competitive nature, you know. But not a lot of them could be like, does he have a cigarette in his mouth? Is <laughs> he have a cigarette in his mouth right now? Yeah, I got two Ed Reeds. I'm talking to two Ed Reeds. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. What's good? What's good? Quarantine. Uh, me just quarantine calamity. Man, but you got the grades coming in, you know? Hey, that oh, looks real God. good. Oh, that, that, that's very kind of you to say that. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just saying that's dope. No, it does look good. I like that beanie too. That beanie killing it. Oh, thank you. I had to cover up the uh scruffy top. You know what I mean? The tip oh, top. Just rock it. Mark has got a rock and just rock it, bro. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could interview two Ed Reeds. <laughs> Honestly, I only put the beanie on because I, I could have I would have bet that Marcus would have had a beanie on. Oh man. Oh uh, he does. That's a beanie on. <laughs> <laughs> One of them wool joints. It's this wool. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right, so you just hopped in. We talk about the last dance. Uh, Marcus uh, was talking about, like, Jordan being, like, a hard worker, and then we reiterating on that. So go ahead, Marcus. My bad. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, you know, like, you know, I believe that a lot of people that get into the pros in any sport, they have, like, a competitive nature and have a desire. It was just that, like I said, Jordan was just, like, on a different level, like, next level of insanity. You know what I'm saying? And the more I watch it, the more I believe – that, yeah, I think Detroit Pistons really caused them to go insane. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the more I look at it, and I get it, he had his, his drive from his family, his his brothers or whatever, but getting beat up by Detroit and the way they did it, man, it, it made hell for his teammates. You know what I'm saying? Because he was like, we're going to war. If this is how we're going to go, we got we to gotta put it in extra. So, I don't know. I mean, I mean, have you guys been caught up on on the whole series? Uh, I'm back and forth. Like I've been watching it in uh, waves. Okay, so you're not like, but 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 I agree with you though because um, basically just you couldn't rely on the refs back then. That, that's not how you won games. You know what I mean? I'm not really trying to knock how where basketball is or where where uh, even it was, but just that's just how, how it was. Like people had to play basketball. It wasn't about uh, you know. All, you never see anybody like, ooh, you know, foul, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want the refs to bail them out. Like, it wasn't about that. Well, it's kind of it's kind of funny because 
you know, everything, everything that we are now is from the past, right? So some of that is from Michael Jordan. Some of that is from like Reggie Miller. You know what I'm saying? Like the flopping and the and the jumping into somebody and and flailing. That's from Reggie Miller, man. And then Bobby. and then yelling at the refs for the fouls and getting the calls. Oh yeah, you know what? How, how do I um? Hold on, I'm about to I'm about to go get my headset. But how do I put this um cold Sacramento in the background? Well, that's my my picture. I have to send it to you. So, but you can change your background. Gallery? What is it? What I click on? <laughs> you can load up any and then put it as a background. Is that so? Oh, you know, I always got to rep myself. Come holla at me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, I'm with it. That's what I'm saying. I need a dope ass background too. That background's dope as fuck. Don't do that with the beat. Man. You didn't check out that beat I sent you yet, did you? We, we did, did I? You displayed it on the. Did I? Hey, that. Hey, 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 hey! You coming with it too, man? I, like that's one of the top two beats though you sent me, and I was like the most complete one. Let me um, like I said, I'm gonna go get my headset. That uh, that way I could uh. I don't have to be shouting, and I actually have look like I somewhat belong in a podcast. <laughs> I do have a mic on the way, though. I ain't lying. Hey, it's all good. This is the first of many, bro. This is cool. I'm glad you're tapping in, man. This is cool. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you're online, bro. Clear, Say what? Sounds clear. Oh, yeah. No, I got my little XLR attached, so it does kind of help a little bit. So, yeah. I, I figured it out a little bit. I'm I'm trying to like I I like this uh I like this idea with doing this like remote. This is pretty dope. This is my first time doing one. That's why I was like, okay, this works. This works. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And the mustache is tight too. <laughs> That's what I have. I'm unkept too, man. My hair long. You know me. I don't ever keep groomed. You know what I mean? This is just what I do. You know. Like it, hey, thank you. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it, man. But yeah, no, get your headphones. It's all good. It's all good. We're just we're just casual through. It's all good. All good. Hey, Ryan, how's my mic sound? It sounds good. Yeah, you coming in clear, brother. Yeah. But I feel, you know what I thought about? I, there was that uh, fucking, uh, that scene where the retirement, right? I forgot what episode that was. I think five, maybe, or four? Or was it six? Wait, I, I mean, keep going, because I'm... Like, there was, like, every fucking news reporter over there, like, Tom Brokaw, Connie Chung, like, all these top... I was like, yo, was there nothing going on in the world? Like... <laughs> Except Michael Jordan's retirement, like, was it that big of a deal? I mean, he's that big. Like, like you got to think about it. In the '80s and '90s, the the world was consumed by Mikes, Mike Tyson, Mike Michael Jackson, and Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? And then Damn. Michael uh, Michael J. Fox or whatever. You know what I'm Damn, saying? Yeah. Okay. You got you name, Your name was Michael in the '80s. He was lit. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, like, uh, you a Magic fan, right? Oh, huge Magic, yeah. So did, is it more of like, it's just Magic was there right before, like, TV was really TV? So, so from the, the, uh, the historians, they're saying that Magic and Bird saved the NBA. Because they're, they're 19, I think it was 1979. I think their 1979 mm. uh, championship game is still one of the highest ranked basketball games of all time. Right. Was that the college one? College one. Mm. And then so they went in there with their rivalry mm. and NBA. And then that just like propelled the NBA even more because before the NBA was in disarray with the merger and on like a lot of, you know, drug use and things like that and fights and people were like not into it. Like, but somehow 
you know, Magic and, and Bird came into it and like saved the NBA while Michael Jordan held the NBA. And then when you even when you look at it though, like I'm, when I'm watching it, it's like Michael Jordan was like 20 years ahead of his time as like like the athleticism, how he dribbled the rock, how he shot the ball. Like even when he shoots the rock, you look at it, it's like it's almost. I mean, I get it. It's basketball. We don't know what perfect is, but it it looks perfect. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like how he pulls up, balanced, makes the shot. But yeah, Jordan just brought it to another level. And then obviously the Dream Team just made it international. There. But that's partially because of Jordan's name and then the rest of those guys. Some of the, the greatest talent that was ever together on the court. Now, granted, I think a lot of the players now are, are super talented. I just don't know, in my opinion, if they have the same, like, dog-eat-dog, like... Mentality. Yeah, you know. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you in, you in. Oh, he got the gamer headset on. Boom, that, you feel me? Oh, he Ooh, ready on that war zone. He ready to get that war zone on. Okay. Yep. Oh, bro. You don't know about that player. Yeah, bro. So. My little giraffe meat right here. <laughs> little decorations that keep falling over. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think, what was I? Oh, okay, so I think with Jordan, I really think like, I think I think you're right, Marcus. I think in the idea that when he came into the league, it did propel the the NBA to in like new new heights in terms of like marketability. Uh, like they were able to sell like the NBA as a product, and he was the face of it. So it makes sense. I think when I think I was looking at some stats, like he was like leading the league in like minutes, and he was like playing full games, like all 82 games and shit, like full blast. Plus the playoffs, three years in a row. I'm like that is kind of crazy because. Playoffs the second year, you know, partially they they uh, watching it. I guess they they had a terrible record to get in the playoffs that year. It was and like barely making it. The, you know, last minute shot by Paxson again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm and um, yeah, he, you know, they they rested him too though. Remember they they rested him during that time. <laughs> That's so, true. A lot of people like, ooh, I don't know about minutes. Well, the the team did that. They rested. Mm-hmm. Him. That might have been the first team to start doing that shit. <laughs> Makes sense. You got to protect your asset, right? You're like, hold yeah. on, I'm paying you. You know, well now they're. Paying but they weren't though. But they weren't paying them though. No, well that you, at that time. Oh no, I mean, I'm, I'm not even talking about comparatively. I'm talking about period, right? Because that was the that, that was the that was the source of contention, right? I, well, I thought that was the source of contention for uh, Scotty, but at that time he was the second year in the league as a as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Here, the salaries were. Vast difference in the eighties than it is now. Like, oh, yeah. Now it's it's nuts. It is. Of course, the rich get richer. But I feel like this pandemic is kind of like uh, leveling on the playing field a little bit. I mean, not for us average Joes, but I mean, just the the fact that like the guaranteed salary, the things you know what I'm saying, like the the, the things that are taken for granted in terms of financially, uh, those things are being uh, reevaluated, you know what I'm saying, with the fact that there aren't going to be any or that many stand or fans in the, in the, in the you know, in the arenas, etc. Yeah, and that's, I think that's just life, man. I mean, like, I read a bunch of financial books, and, you know, when this thing hit, I'm just thankful that I have, like, three months worth of my savings saved up, you know what I'm saying? There you go, there you go. Like, so, for me, like, 
this pandemic is teaching us a lot of stuff. Like, although a lot of people are might be going crazy, you know, I believe in God and I believe that this is a message and I believe that like you know, we're we're learning from this. Like, what are what are things that are important to us? You know, we're slowing down. Like, some of us are paying more time with our our our, our families, focusing on our health, focusing on like me making music and beats. Absolutely, absolutely. You're you're looking at like okay. You know, hopefully people from this learn that, like, okay, I need to get my finances in order. I need three to six months worth of my savings. In my opinion, it's important for a company to provide health care, you know, or some type of sick leave, you know, in case something like this happens. All right, go home so people don't look for themselves to go into work. Those are things I think that are hopefully positive. But more importantly, you know, you're focusing on the things that really matter. We need to slow down. Most deaf. You know, sorry, I got kind of deep already. In. No, that's what's up. That's what's up. I, 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 my, I mean, I work for my company. There's a union, right? And I already know that um, some of the things that you talked about are going to be on the table in terms of negotiations, right? Moving forward, right? like the things that we are willing to work for and the things that we're not willing to work for. You know what I'm saying? Are, is there uh, protection for things that are beyond our control? Right. And then are there things that aren't And it? When, especially when you consider the fact that we're not talking about a company going bankrupt because they're paying their employees to be safe. Right. We're talking about a billion dollar company. So it's not like, <laughs> it's not like you're at risk of, uh, going under or whatever, right? We're just talking about you don't you don't make sixty billion dollar revenue a year. You might make forty five or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I, that's a, probably not even the you know a realistic numbers either. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, it, it's definitely I'm thankful for the company I do work for because uh, I know a lot of people are home getting paid because that's the right thing to do right now. Right. You know, as far as it was the right thing to do, I should say when, when it all kicked off, but. And I, I mean, like, and I'll get, you know, obviously Ryan, you're the, the host of this, but I'll jump you into it. But I also think it's going to sound controversial, but I think it, we're learning that we need to kind of not be so, uh, I guess, dependent on China and things coming from China, you know? Like a like a lot of, when it first started off, there was a lot of like when this first started off, and I was like, why is all these stocks and oil companies all the things going down? Because it was China that didn't even hit America, yet. and it's like there's such a huge dependency on it right now with America, you know. In my opinion, you know, there's a huge dependency right now with China. There is something strange going on. I definitely agree. Like, uh, I, I've been paying attention to the trade lines, too. I feel you where you're coming from, Marcus, and the idea that, uh, you know, like, uh, sourcing stuff, like, if we need masks, that's usually something we were dependent on coming from a foreign country, specifically China. Certain medical things we were kind of sourcing from there, and it is kind of – people are paying attention. Everything slowed down. You know what I mean? I think, you know, to both of you guys' points, there are a lot of reshuffling we do have to look at the world a lot different going forward. And I think to both your points respectively, like, you know, it's slowing down. People are kind of narrowing in at least maybe a certain demographic. Maybe it's just our generation that's kind of taking this, you know, whatever this is into account and like, hold on, this happened 
in 9-11. This happened Y2K. Like, this happens, like, every so often. Like, we need to, okay, maybe let's just take a stop, a breather. Let's relook, recalibrate, and then the world's going to change, too. It's just I've never seen it on this level. So it is pretty interesting, but I do agree with both you guys on both points for sure. Like, in history, every so often there is a major change or something happens that changes the world in the way we it's just ever so often it's a, a reset of how we think about it. And, all, and also when I talk about China, it's like not saying that we shouldn't stuff in China, but we can distribution centers in different places so it's spread out. If something happens there, you're not cut off. But you're, you're absolutely right. Like ever so often you see that something happens that, that changes the world or how we operate, how we think, how we go about things. And Hopefully, usually it comes out for the better, you know? So. Absolutely. And I got kind of serious. We could probably just I know, dog. Why did we go from Jordan to like, hey, man, uh, like y'all got to look at life, man. Y'all gotta, that's like a closing remark, man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but anyways, going back to the Jordan thing then, uh, we'll go from, uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm caught up with it. And then um, I was thinking about it. Like I said, I was bringing up to Marcus. Maybe Marjani could chime in a little bit. There was that scene where remember when he retired, and it's like every news reporter was over there. Uh, the first time. Okay. And remember, like every reporter was there. We're talking about like. Every. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, is there <laughs> nothing going on in the world? Like, was it a pandemic <laughs> also? Because literally, there was everybody. It was like Michael Jackson, like you know, type, like people crying. Like, I was like, yo, you never see that anymore. Like. Nowadays, anyway, I don't see it anyways. I don't know if there's a star out there that garners that kind of, you know, especially a basketball player. Like Steph Curry, LeBron, but they don't have it like how MJ had it. MJ had it like, oh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Like, dang, like that is kind of interesting. And Marcus had a good point. He said, yo, he was, it was the right combination of maybe TV and his skill set. And it was just the right timing for him to get into the spotlight. Um, you know, so I, I'm just fascinated. What, what, do, what do you think about looking at looking back at it now? Because that was a very, you know, prime time for all of us at that age, especially with basketball and how we were, you know, introduced to it. Michael Jordan being iconic like that. What, what, what do you think? Um, I, I I would make it analogous to Star Wars. You know, what I mean, in terms of like that revolutionized merchandising. You know, what I mean, we we like the world didn't see like a a movie that promoted lunchbox sales and figurines and all this other stuff. Right. And, and I like the beanie. I see you, Marcus. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, and, and so remember before Jordan had his shoes, like there was a whole bunch of regulations on colors, colorways you could have, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he changed the game in that regard. Right. And then on top of that, I also think, um, it was his excellent play, but also Michael Jackson was popping too, right? The Michaels, it was, it was dope. I mean, like it, it was a thing. I'm, I'm I'm, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have the internet. You feel me? So it was just like, like we believe certain things like you, you know, those, these uh, catchphrases or whatever, these, these like, uh, you know, they exist in a time before the internet where you're like, now, why do we say that right now? The whole thing is to pick everything apart from, you know, 30, 40 years ago, right? And, and and make memes out of it and this and that. But in that era, it's still, we still believed in it. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. So um, it was just the right time, definitely the right time. But there were actually real life uh, 
circumstances that led to that. You know what I mean? Like breaking the mold, you know, I tinker, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, just uh, like, I, I feel like the culture, right? The culture had a, had a new way to be, uh, to stand up and be represented. You know what I mean? Like, uh, those type of things. I don't know. We talked about before, you know, whether or not we feel like, uh, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, Michael Jackson, you know, saying smooth criminal, you dig like, you know, the inspiration, you know, um, but, but just, it, it was a unique time. Um, and, and, I mean, I, later on, I would like to talk about whether or not it was good for the game of basketball or bad for the game of basketball, because that's that's the debate that I have. The question. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Marcus, chime. It's funny you say that, because like uh, I was just for me, man. I, I started to think like the '80s was just like one of the most revolutionary times in what we are at in this world with computers, the music, like synthesizing music, pop, break dancing, you know, rap. Uh, basketball you know what i'm saying like some of that culture was just dope and even when you're talking about star wars though like star wars as a movie like when you go and look at the history of what um you know lucasfilm did together with like sound design how they put movies it was, it was revolutionary at that time man. it's just like when you go back and look at the 80s you're gonna probably see that there was a lot of like advancement in at least technology and and sports in that time, I believe. You Absolutely. Know, it goes into the 90s and it builds upon itself, but yeah, at that time, it's just, it's crazy, man. But uh, I was giving you props because earlier before you jumped on, right, I was saying how the 80s was all about the Michaels. I literally said that 80s and 90s was all about that. You had a name Mike and he was, he was, the game was on it, you know? Right. Right, right. I mean, the MJs, because I, and I know that, because I didn't even, I mean, I played basketball just to play a sport, but football was my love, y'all. I mean, y'all know that. So, but whenever I would tell someone, like, they'd be like, uh, we playing hoop or whatever, Marjani or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, just call me MJ. Oh, and then as soon as you say MJ, right? So, oh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, and that was like magic, you know what I'm saying? MJ and, you know, Michael and uh, all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But true, probably so. Actually, that, that brings me up though with basketball. Like, did you ever feel like when he wore Jordans to play basketball, like you had to step the game up? Of course. <laughs> like I, I most of, of the time I wear Jordans to play basketball because it was like a level of like, like people saw you wearing Jordans on the court, they were gonna clown you if you couldn't play. <laughs> <laughs> like they were gonna try to clown you if you couldn't. Play, man. Like they were coming at your head, man. Like I, I'll dare you to be next man. Definitely. You know? Do you think that's like a product of the way they marketed to us? Because like, I think what you mentioned, Mirjani, like kind of like that was a very interesting era in terms of the way that, you know, marketing was, was huge. It was a turnaround. It was uh, the idea of the NBA being sold to us as a very consumable product. And it was a 360 deal. Like it was shoes, it's jerseys, it's clothing. And it, it took on a life of its own, similar to like a lot of things in that era, you know, similar to Star Wars, like you said. Uh, wrestling to many degrees like every little thing had its niche and are we the byproduct of this quote-unquote consumer lifestyle or were we one of the first guinea pigs or are we the next iteration after our parents suffered through whatever they suffered through and then we're suffering through our own little microcosm of this culture situation because you know looking back at it it's like that's crazy that yeah 
you rock Jordans, you feel obligated to play ball. It's almost like if you know you ain't good, you ain't rocking them on the court. The yeah. minute you rock it on the court, you get like, hey, if you ain't bringing the Jordan heat, take them off. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good point. I mean, right. I mean, I don't know. Is that – that's crazy because it's singular in the way that Jordan was sold to us. It's like, yo, it almost felt like that was the only player in the NBA. And it's like you look at the NBA at that time, there's like Hall of Famers everywhere. Like that dream team so was true. like all Hall of Famers. And so the true. only person that's really referenced is kind of Jordan now. Do people always get lost in history? And that's what I'm thinking. Like Dr. J in his era and Wilton in his era and all that. I'm like, yeah, people do get lost in the shuffle. So I think it's just unique to our time. And, and Jordan and the doc definitely points that era out. And, and it's cool to see because it's all encompassing, like Marcus said, like the hip hop and, 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 and it was all colliding. It was all coming together as one, this weird new <clears throat> subculture of like, essentially you know urban hip-hop and kind of like this new new wave of everything you know what i mean it was really cool to see but i mean i don't yeah, know who knows. I, and i agree with that and i think that something that marcus hit it on too like the 80s i do believe the 80s is unique but i wasn't able to really pinpoint uh the uniqueness until the you know until i just heard what he said i, I think i think everybody feels every or The Rest whole wall. Draft. <laughs> that was my draft again. See ya. <clears throat> oh, well. But um, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of generations feel like, you know, their time was unique, right? Because, you know, for my parents, like, 60s, you know what I'm saying? Motown was clapping, like, hey. And I, and, and there's times when I'm like, oh, I might, you know what I'm saying? I might want to slide into that. Like, that was, that was dope. Like, Diana Ross, like, the Supreme, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, that whole era where, um, where even you believe that like love at first sight, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like if you, I'm gonna take this girl on the dance floor that I'm gonna marry, I'm gonna be with her forever. You know what I'm saying? Like simple, simple, bro. Right. Yeah. The simplicity. Right. But obviously there was some, um, you know, some, uh, for, it wasn't that way for everybody. And I was when I say what is unique about the eighties is that, um, I think that the world changed for, or I should say the United States, change for everybody you know what i'm saying like that was the genesis of not only was white people getting having life good but we started moving up into the middle class you know what i mean like the opportunity i should say to move up into the middle class like on a larger scale uh you know where you could have the cosby's right and that be like something that's not far-fetched oh we have a lawyer and a doctor you know that kind of stuff like in a black family and <clears throat> you know stuff like that so Definitely. I mean, I, I say the first generation that was the guinea pigs was obviously in the seventies. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, but, but I was born in 82. So it's like, I, I didn't really come into that until, you know, mid eighties, you know, later eighties. Uh, but then again, the Niners are winning too, right? They won their Super Bowls, a lot of them. And I, you see it, you see it, not no bears or oh, 85 bears. I can't lie. So, I can't lie. I, I I don't don't hate on me, Marcus. But here's the thing: <laughs> multiple <laughs> championships. You feel me? So it's like rolled the '80s. That's true. But you, so uh, so what I'm saying is that like that was a generation of, um, uh, or I should say, a decade of excellence where people were like winning multiple championships. You know what I mean? Like, so it just kind of I think it fed off each other. You know what I mean? Why, why is Jerry Rice still like? Besides his his stats, right? I mean, like he's still 
the GOAT. Like, he still, you know, can get by on things he did 30 years ago, That's right? True. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just something like about that time. I don't think that even if it happened now, like it would be the same, you know, because right now I feel like stats ruin things. Like the way we try to compare everything, like uh, we, we live in an era right now. That's like a superlative era is what I call it. Like everything's like awesome and this and that. And, you know, like it, it just, you know, the, the, the first take uh, generation, you know what I'm saying? And I hate that because it's like, Stop trying to make it this. Like, he just, oh, this guy's the first guy to throw left-handed with the beanbag in his back pocket and to get, it, you know, eight strikeouts. Like, we're making up these stats and all this stuff that, you know, just just to make it historic and monumental. And it's just like, it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. Like, it's not as genuine as it seemed to be back then. Well, like, it's like the Guinness Book of World Record, but I also believe you too because it's like you know people talk about numbers, but numbers can be manipulated. If you know you need to do something, you need to manipulate it. It's not like a genuine like I'm just going out there and I didn't realize I got this. Absolutely. Like, now people are so are focused on a number or whatever. I mean, like we just see that even in like it, it sounds like I'm throwing shade, but like KD, like oh people are saying oh if you don't get championships or nothing, that doesn't. Really Really mark the find of greatness. There's a lot of great players in the NBA that don't have championships, but all of a sudden in the media, and then the media get mad at Tate for going to the Warriors to get a championship. You know, and so it's like, well, you said I'm nothing if I don't have a championship. Now I get a championship, and you want to, you know, talk trash about what I did. So, yeah. you know, numbers and and sometimes championships doesn't, you know, create greatness like. Dennis Rodman, I mean, his, his rebounding numbers were ridiculous, but Dennis Rodman got into the, you know, in the uh, Hall of Fame, not averaging over, like, 12 points a game. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Rebounds. Rebounds. But he was so nasty on defense. So, I yeah. get like, and, and that also goes into other things in life, like, you know, you know plastic surgery, things like that. Everything is so <laughs> now that I don't, like i don't even know if we're living in reality right now you know what I'm saying? just wait until we just wait until we break through to this wait until vr is like the you know what i mean like just wait bro wait until this is just the way that we go to school you know it's like when they start peddling that like oh like it's not enough to be on zoom and skype and this and that or just get your homework from the teacher if this like pandemic stuff was to continue let's put you in a virtual classroom why well, you know what the weird thing about this, though? I, 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 I can see that happening because right now I can see how I can back away. Or like, oh, it's for their emotional stand, you know, well-being. You got to put more more on their parents now, you know, more on people to be like, okay, you got to do stuff and have internet. And the ones that don't have internet access, I didn't even think about this, what has happened. Kids that don't have internet access are screwed right now. You know what right. I'm screwed right now. Um, <coughs> middle-class American person. But also, I was going to say, though, during this time, I felt like we were more connected, uh, social, you know, supposedly on, on social media, but disconnected in person, in reality. But now that we've been disconnected, we're more, we're trying to create more connections. Between people. I've had, that's, more, that's so true. I have had way more FaceTime calls during this time than that's so true. in the last like year or so, you know? Ryan, what you what you what your feelings about that? I mean, like, what do you feel like that? How oh, we living in the future, for sure. I mean, like, just going forward, I know that one of the topics we wanted to talk about was like music today, and 
you know, yesteryear, but on the, on the idea of living a virtual world on Marjani, did y'all hear about or check out that Travis Scott concert on Fortnite? Did any of y'all hear about that or see that? I heard about it. I, I, I didn't watch it because it was Fortnite associated with Fortnite. So I was like, oh, this is probably going to be. Did you see it, Marcus? No, I didn't see it, but I heard Did- it. Dude, I I don't play Fortnite, but I I, I fuck with Travis Scott. I, I I like I like what he does at least in terms of you know absolutely all that shit. But absolutely but the concert itself, like, cause I I think IGN that old like uh, yeah. video game magazine yeah, yeah. had a I think they had a, somebody from their company as a, a spectator, and it's from their perspective. That shit, like what you were talking about, virtual world. I don't see I don't see I, I see it coming way faster. It's like I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna log in, and I'm gonna be in the this world and I'm gonna go see Travis Scott. I'm gonna go hang out with my friends and talk. Like we're we're what we're living in Ready Player One really, really soon. I'm already doing that on GTA. I believe 5. it. Like my, I'm living my best life on GTA five. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, this is this is my best life. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I think to both of you guys to say, I think both of you guys kind of alluded to the idea that this is going fast and it's going into the future really, really fast. So on that note, let's take a look at what music is today, at least the music that we're all into. We're all really big fans of hip hop. Is today's music, one, is it even hip hop? Second, um, how much has it evolved? And, you know, takes and, you know, kind of just give me, you know, what you think about today's music. It's not evolving, if I can speak first on it. Like, it's not evolving, man. Like, I mean, the only place it's evolved to is to the garage, if you will. Like, you know, like to artists like that that put out their own stuff. I respect that. Like, I I, I like drum. That dr- like I like drum because it's like drum is not going to. He's just gonna write songs, sing melodies, and and, and make beats that he likes. That, that 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 move them you know what i'm saying and if you get with it you get with it and so i like that a lot i think like um maybe his next album would be less commercial because like his three albums before that i liked them like they were just like real life things that you go through right at different points in your life where you're just like you know like if you're struggling or you know if you're feeling good about things or you know what i mean like should i should night with this one night stand like i mean just, just real life things, you know what I mean? Um, that that are that are not as dressed up as pop, you know what I mean? I really don't, I, I don't like that, you know what I mean? But it's hard for me to, I guess, for the sake of music, I, I enjoy it, but I can't compare, you know what I mean? When I start comparing, I'm disappointed, you know what I mean? Because like. Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Wu Tang, Hyro, uh, you know, lyricist, uh, a big boy, lyricist, Andre 2000, lyricist. Like we can, we went through that when we were younger, right? When we were impressionable, we were being impressed upon with lyrics, right? That gave you a snapshot of the life that you either wanted to have and didn't have, or a life that you could relate to, right? In the streets or whatever it was growing up, right? Like, but now it's like something else and maybe it has to do with the fact that i'll be 40 in a few years you know what i'm saying and i'm just beyond that but i don't i don't think so because there are some songs that still make me viscerally feel like i felt when i was 26 
and I was in the military and I didn't, I was, I was on a subsidized income and I'm like, how am I in, when I'm about to be 30 in four years, how am I going to have a family off this money? You know what I'm saying? Like, and you, and, and you start having those thoughts of like, I got to hustle. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know what I'm saying? This is not good enough. I don't want uncle Sam paying. Like, I, I don't want to ride on uncle Sam. You know what I'm saying? I want to ride on my own. So it's like, even though I'm not there anymore, there are some artists, like I mentioned, drum, like that still make you remember where I came from and why I'm still doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like every, people are like, oh, okay, but you work for this company, like you're doing good. Why are you, you know, selling life insurance or whatever? It's like, it's, it's the grind, bro. It's, just, it's, I, I enjoy the grind. I enjoy the opportunities. I enjoy the, the networking and just, that's just where my mind is. You know what I mean? Just, just, uh, just, just the fact that I know I could do more, right? If I know I could do more, I, I am compelled to do more. Like I'm not I, being satisfied. Like I just never been, I never been that type of person because I, I could have been satisfied letting the military pay my way, get my housing, get my food, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and get, take care of my healthcare and stuff like that. Right. But I, but I, I'm just the type of person that I want to get it on me. You know what I'm saying? Obviously the Lord's blessings, but I want to, do I want to put my hand to the plow? You know what I'm saying? So anyways, I, I probably went on a tangent, but um, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's just from the heart, bro. Like hey, that's, that's the, the way that I attach to music, right? Is like emotionally, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I think 96, uh, East 99, East 1999, right? Came out, I was in eighth grade. Uh, it came out like the summer before that. I wasn't even supposed to listen to that album, right? But, 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 but it's like, man, these dudes are talking about all kind of stuff. Barely, you could barely hear what they're saying, but the harmony though, right? Got me like the scene got me. Like, it's like, it takes you on this emotional like journey. Like what happened to those albums? This is a whole, like, you know, Kendrick, like, you know, he takes you to LA. I love that. Like this is supposed to be in a, a journey in this album. Like no more, just song, 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 song. You know what I mean? But what you're saying, man, it's just, Here's the thing, it's no longer our journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, for me, I get what you're saying. We're almost, I'm almost 42, or 40 as well. And like, now I feel like I'm my parents. Because remember, our parents used to look at rap like it was terrible. What is this? You know? And then I'll be playing something, and my dad's like, oh, that's what they canceled. They used this song. I'm like, what? And then you dig in the, the history of it, like, oh, snap, this came from, you know, this little harmonic sound came from from uh, Stevie Wonders, that girl, you know, put it on Tupac or whatever. And, and so like. So you were saying you were able to convince them that it wasn't trash? No, I never convinced nothing that it was trash. I'm saying our parents, you got to think our parents were looking at our music like this is trash. Snoop Dogg is giving the wrong message for young black kids. Wrong message to my kids. Who's, who's Tupac, Biggie, uh, DJ Quick, you know, mm -hmm. was considered trash you know and there were some things that you know i think when we got into high school that were more popish upbeat that our parents liked to um but even like like little john oski's heat like our parents would be dancing and not know what that meant but what i'm <laughs> we're just in that we're just in that generation now that it doesn't make sense to us anymore like like because when you're talking like there's a lot of songs that inaudible words you know like i don't even know what you're saying but when I look back in the history of music, there was like scatting. You know, people were like, skeet up, boop, beat a pop. 
speed up, boop, speed up. That's what I did, right? And so that was like the feeling of, uh, you know, even old school jazz. Like, blah, 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 blah. They're like, what the hell are you doing? But they're like, man, that's jazz, man. Hmm. And that's where they're at now. I don't really like it because I'm like, I just don't feel like it makes any sense. Because when we grew up, we were growing up in a time where introspective rap was a was a big thing. You know, I, like the first one I think I remember blowing up that I really loved was that song was like Tennessee. Lord, I really been depressed down and out. I can't think of the <laughs> I'm talking about, right? And the development. The development. Straight up. Uh, uh, scenario, you know what I'm saying? With with like bus rhymes and all of them. So we grew up in a time where it's like you wanted to think about stuff. Now it's a it's a time where I feel like you know thought is not even an option. <clears throat> like it, everything's easy, so automated, automated text messages, you know, everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like even when you say that, like I'm going back and I'm like. I try to listen to early, early 80s rap, and a lot mm-hmm. of terrible meant to me, you know? I used to sit on the wall, I used to sit on my mom, you know, like, talk like that, like, and 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 people who are like 50 years old now, 52, 53, they're like, oh, that's that real rap. I'm like, ah, man, to me, the greatest time was from about the, you know, about 89 to 98, you know? That that era, I, I feel like that was the best time of hip-hop. Oh. I agree. I think like, uh, what was I saying? I think uh, it, it, it's interesting because did maybe do we really believe that? I think the things that we were listening to were still underground to varying degrees. I don't think it was ever like what was pop. Are you guys getting any feedback? You guys hear me? You guys good? No, right, you good, bro. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Good. Good. Uh, yeah, no, like uh, just uh, shit. What the fuck? I just lost my thought now. And underground, a lot of it was underground. Yeah, like, uh, you know, you're talking about Arrested Development, and I think there was that, it, it almost seemed like this, this is how I kind of frame it, like The Box, and MTV, and uh, BET, like, and Radio, Sam Goody, Virgin, like, there was just a lot of different ways that uh, people could consume music, at least at that time. So I think it was more interesting because we didn't have the internet, so it's more like catching on a culture was more through it was really organic in a weird way like the source magazine or vibe if you want that cool and then you go to certain regions then it's like it's within this neighborhood and oh you listen to it's almost like who you mess with it wasn't really something you could catch to me at least on it didn't seem popular at the time because i think who was like popular let's just say because like rap is literally pop music now like yeah everything has rap Mm -hmm. well we're growing up Rap was more of like a message for the culture. Of yeah, people it was taboo. Yeah. Oppressed or wanted to have a. That's why it's dead. So now it's just it's the cult. It's just pop. It's just pop. Yeah. You know? Finish, Ryan. Though finish what you're saying. Oh no, no, no! You're good. You're good. No, I was just saying. Like I, I, I feel you. It's like, can they not make hip hop music for old people? Like, damn, I want to go see. Like you know when. Thank you. Like people who are into rock music are like, yo, they're going to go see. They're still going to see uh, ACDC and all these. And they still, or whatever. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to see. I mean, I know Hyro still does Hyro Day. So to Hieroglyphics credit, they still get down and they still, you know, maintain their, their swag even in their, their, their later years. And their interviews are tremendous. And some of the OGs still do it. But it's, it's weird because the following kind of dissipates or they just kind of 
you know, everybody kind of grows up from it. Cause really, I mean, what do you rap about? If you come from the streets, you know, like a lot of the great artists always have that first album. That's so grimy. And it's like, yo, I relate. I get it. Shit, by the time you get like, you know, like triple times platinum, you like, yo man, I'm trying to feed my, my, my leopards and my, my snow tiger. Like yo, what else you gonna rap about? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it, it, it is kind of weird. And I think that if we do ever get to a point where we could enjoy hip hop music in our later years, it'll probably be like listening to music from back in the day, just like how ACDC is, you know, it's like play the classics. I don't hear about your new shit. I just want the classics. I'm like, and I think hopefully that becomes an avenue for us, like way down the line, we could go see like Dell or Hyro or, you know, I think with the roots and the in invention of having more, more music, like actual instruments being played, I think will be the key for you know us old folks as we get later to enjoy our music maybe in a more you know uh fine-tuned way maybe more live instruments something to that effect a lot more collaborations maybe i think there's a way to do it but right now i don't see myself like buying jay-z's newest album because last time i heard they said that should sound like a motherfucking something you listen to while you're in a golf cart or something i was like i, I, I it makes sense uh, rap ain't for us, you know what I mean? So, all right, but and yeah, you gotta be just billionaire rap. But it's it's um, I like what you said, though, right? Because like, like, BEP epitomizes that for me, dude. Right? Right. You brought. I remember us arguing about this in like 2002, where I was like, like Black Eyed Peas sold out, and I was hella mad. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, 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 I want to go find, I, I wrote like a whole song out about like asking them why they sold it out. Like, but I can't find it though. It's like in one of my art books that I put away somewhere, but it's just like when they got Fergie done, but I remember going to Metropolis in 2000, going to see him like, at, you know what I'm saying? At, at the, uh, at, um, uh, what was it at? Uh, what was it? it? It was not not Cal Palace, but um, I forgot. It was anyways. That's what kind of night it was. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> it was crazy. It was, it was. I mean, that that was like rock climbing. Uh, I mean, it was just crazy, man. Like, but um, but 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 <clears throat> straight up. But me, me and Ryan used to always sing "Falling Up," man. I just remember that, like, because the box, right? And then they would play like a little bit of their interview and it was so raw, like falling up the teardrop. You feel me? I remember all that. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, like I, I always had a chemistry with Ryan always. Like it was something about like the swag and like the, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Because that's how I always lived. Like I've tried to care because people tell me I should care, but it's just like, there's certain things I innately care about. And there's some things I don't, you know what I mean? Like, when you're honest with yourself, you already know that there's only certain things you could change about yourself. Either you're going to like me or you, or, or you aren't, you know what I'm saying? And so I kind of always just brought that to the table and I've always fooled with you because of that. It was just like, yeah, I'm good at dancing. Yeah. I have this, I have this, this, this shirt that's, that's clean and it makes me look like it, but you know how much I spent on this? I got to set the thrift store, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I, I loved you for that always. And so because I fooled with you, when we listened to that music, it was like, okay, I got into BEP because it was like, that's something that me and Ryan got. But then I fast forward, right? I listened to the whole album and then I get to the end. The last song on the album, right? Positivity for, I'm about to read you these lyrics. I, I just, just a little, just a little bit, right? All right, look, he says right here, <clears throat> you're digging your lifestyle scary. No wonder why you carry a tool to retaliate. They try to annihilate you. You got a tool just to annihilate you. And if they got some dudes, man, look, 
It says, I ain't talking about the black man, the white man, or a Jew man, because the devil can't exist in every human. Look how Biggie went out, and Tupac went out, and Martin and Malcolm and Kennedy and Sweet. Bro, my help, my, my headset came off, bro. Like, it's like, that 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 got yeah. me. That didn't yeah. have nothing to do with Ryan. You feel me? It's like, yeah. I, 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 you know, we it was the initial, the initial thing was like falling up, the beginning of the album. But at mm -hmm. the end of the album, Black IP put the hook in me. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's my journey. I go into bridging the gap with them. The next album where it's like, okay, I got some expectations. You know what I mean? And so that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 the, the lyricist, uh, that that time where it's just like, like you said, introspective rap where you're like, there's a message. And especially at that time when we were impressionable, like in high school, we didn't really know what the world was about to be about, right? We live in the world vicariously through these rappers and through people that are older than us, giving us a snapshot of what's going to be. And, you know, and we're, we're hopeful. We haven't been beat down by the world yet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it has a certain place in your heart, I think, when you're young. But there are artists, like I said, that still capture that angst, you know, because, um, if you, if you, I feel like if you are a person that uh, is always chasing something, be it positive or negative, there's always angst that comes along with your life. You know what I mean? There's always a little bit of uncertainty where you're like, I don't know if I should do this, but then you hear something that's like, oh, he, look, 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 look at this, what he put out. Like he already went through the same thing and had he listened to his inner self and said, no, I'm not going to put it out. Then I'm not listening to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's dope. It's dope enough. And it's not promoted by RCA or whoever the, you know, the, the record company is. This dude put it out by himself. And I'm not talking about BEP. I'm, I'm just referring to like, you know, artists that don't, you know, that aren't big. But it's dope enough that I, I get with it. So I see it with myself. Like, well, maybe I got content that I could put out that somebody's going to fool with. You know what I'm saying? They're going to see that it's me. They're going to see the me in it, right? And be going back to where I started, it was like, there's only certain things I could change about myself. You know what I mean? I don't care. Like I have to be able to put that out, but I think life beats you down sometimes where you're like, you start walking yourself back into the shell that you were in. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and that's not good for anybody, you know? And so that's why I don't really fool with this nowadays rap because it's like, it's cookie cut. And it doesn't have any emotional value to me. Like I, my wife will tell you, I slap karaoke by Drake because it's like, I, I understood that, you know what I mean? Like that, that song came out when I was on the, uh, when I was working with David, we was flying. Like, I thought we was going to go have fun and be dry, you know, going to state to state and around and all this other stuff, but it was work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I had just, you know, really uh, kicked things off for my wife and my girlfriend at the time. And it was like, okay, I want to kick it with you, but I can't kick it with you. You know what I'm saying? So it was like that emotional type of thing. Like I felt that that's more to me. I, you know, that has more uh, lasting staying power. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So yeah, man. that's kind of where I am with it. I want to I wanna, uh, play the message. And there's a part of the message where I was like, when I go back and I listen to this song, like, I'm like, this song was so dope. And it really had a dope ass message. I'm, I'm going to try to, let me see if I can cue it up. Right. Me, It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. A child is born with no state blind to the ways of mankind. Got a smiling on you, but he's frowning too because oh, 
means what you go through. You grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire all the number book takers, Doug Benson. <laughs> Big cars, spend the twenties and tens, and you want to grow up to be just like them. Yo, right. Because I'm close to it. Yeah, first of all, that's the, that, that whole song is hot. But that part, it really resonated me right now with even like, you know, uh, well, I call it a murder, what happened with the, the guy running. But it's just like, it's crazy because when I hear that song, I'm listening to how with people in the hoods, in areas, that get caught up in their lifestyle or that life to try to think that that's the way to live. And then they either end up killing themselves, put themselves in some bad, you know, situation. But that song had a message and that was what rap used to be. You know what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. like, yo, wait a minute, listen to what this person's saying. The whole song had a message about a kid going up in the hood, didn't want to go to school because the teacher thought he was dumb and people were smoking weed. I didn't know what to do. And then this part where, you know, your your child is bored with no state of mind, blind, like. Yeah, to the plight of mankind. Yeah, we're, we come in here as people who have, who are free, just canvases, right? Impressionable. I would probably say the clearest spirit, you know, that God gives us. And then we are molded and twisted by the world. But that song just like, that. that's what rap used to do to me. You know what I'm saying? That's. That's what rap used to like feel like you had a message and you're like, and, and it kind of made you feel like you can, like, although you heard this, you have an opportunity to get out of this situation. But I'm going to challenge you on that though, because like that, that, that was, I don't want to say that was commercial rap at the time, but that was like the beginning of when rap was being recorded though. Right. Because say what? Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. No, but uh, and I'm only saying that, like, I think the message is inspired by the fact that there was a platform, right? Rap was evolving into, okay, this is going to be not commercialized, but we're going to start recording our raps. So I need to say something important. You know what I mean? But before that, when it was like Fab Freddy and, 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 and other cats, like, you know, they were more so like, clowning each other and I'm the I'm the best crew you know what I mean like you know so there was an element of that as well you know what I mean and and I think that um like I said I think that there's always those people who are challenged to speak something right who who, who just are motivated by saying something like I listen to every single big boy album like I, I and every single album there's a message in it right that's what keeps me coming back you know what I mean like there's just I mean, like, it, it just, I, so I respect what you're saying. Like, I'm not, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to go against it. I'm just actually adding a little bit of seasoning and flavor to what you're saying. That's all. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, I think, I, I, I definitely, uh, I think for, hip-hop music's interesting. I think looking at it in retrospect, because I think what both you guys allude to in the sense that we're definitely impressionable as teenagers and, and, it's like this is the new way to consume information, at least when we got it. Like, I wasn't reading books like that. Like, I was listening to, like, Nas albums, and I was listening to, like, Hyro and Dell and shit. So I'm only getting snippets, but everything's in rhyme form. So it's almost like it's riddles. But here's the thing, I think, to the idea of 
when rap is kind of coming into its own in that era and it starts to become more of a marketability thing, I think that that's where if you want to sell records, well, shit, what's the shit that sells? Then you start to dilute the whole field of hip hop with like every which thing. And it's like, it's only a, it's like, imagine, think about, we all have similar interests in, in hip hop in, in the, what we listen to. That's like, that's rare because a lot of people listen to a lot of different things. So to actually find what we had, it's just more happenstance where I think today there's like even more artists out there now. And depending if it's YouTube pushing the numbers or if it's radio, you know, radio heavy rotations, like 10 songs and, you know, radio never really grasps, at least to me, like I wasn't listening to the radio like <laughs> ever. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm going to assume that there's a bunch of us, like when we were younger, searching for messages and, and getting the right, you know, or not, not right. I don't want to say right or wrong, but just more of a righteous tone to hip hop. Cause I know that there's probably artists out there that I'm not even on that are making stuff and they probably have like messages just like what we're talking about. And it seems like the theme is the same. It's just a matter of how you interpret or how do you get to these avenues, which is a little more scarier now because all you gotta do is hop on the internet and then the internet almost tell you where to go as opposed to you get to decide. It's not like a lot of people checking in with music anymore. I mean, I don't know if people do. I mean, I'm assuming they do, but I would hope that there's a bunch of kids out there finding like guys that have, you know, a righteous like way of doing things in the way of like, yo, I'm really trying to paint a picture for you. I'm trying to give you knowledge. Like that's why I fuck with Hyro. Even to this day, Hyro's like, yep. yo, stay on your swag, you know, stay lyrically sharp. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a, metaphor for life like yo always Absolutely. be on top of your game take care of your fam like know who you roll with but still being lyrically sharp and it has nothing it's like timeless so there's those groups but then there's also you know party tunes and then so there's multiple iterations but yeah that's just kind of like where i guess i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm seeing it but i mean what's your favorite what's your favorite horror song i'm just curious oh oh let me see here i like that one they did with Gawapale. so wait though like i love that but I'm a big like '93 Till, obviously. Fuck yep, it. Yep. Uh, that's like if if I had to give an alien a song and be like, "Yo, you want to know what hip hop is?" Like, "Yo, '93 Till Infinity." That'll give you what this hip hop idea is. That's how I would give it out. You know, that's like probably one of my favorites. But it's iconic. Like '93, me and Amir have this. <laughs> at least my brother showed me. My brother's like, "Yo, '93 was the year." the best year ever, but that's to my brother. Like I got arguments, but 93 till infinity was, was huge, at least from my personal thing. But that's yeah, I think there's timeless music and I hope it's out there. I think that we're past our prime, but I think the way we appreciate music is it's becoming even more refined. Like I look for other artists that have hip hop remnants. Like I listen to like mayor Hawthorne, like, and he was an old school hip hop DJ turned singer because he, he couldn't pay for samples. So he's like, I'm just going to make my own samples. And then he ended up being like a singer as opposed to a, a yep. normal DJ. So I was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm trying to refine my listening taste. But, you know, that's the evolution of hip hop, I guess, in today's world. You know what I mean? I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. So I love Little Brother. Like that, that is like the best balance of hip hop to me. Like deep and slow. And it's mm. kind of crazy because to me, they're one of the greatest hip hop groups. Never heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right. Slept on. Super slept. Yeah, you know, like I, I'll almost put it there on the, the level of like Tribe Called Quest, in my mm -hmm. opinion, like how they just made the hits and things that I like. If there was a producing method or style I want to do, it's everything that they do. It's like that shit. 
right there. Right. Right. Um, but uh, Hyrule, man, I'm trying to think of which song because there's like a couple songs that I really like. The first one that pops off is like "You'll Never Know." That oh, one. oh yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, that one's that one's hard too. Never know, man. That's actually that's it. Like the sample, whatever they use on that, mm-hmm. like butter, mm-hmm. you know, um, filthy. That one, and there was like, there was a couple of them, man. There was a couple of them that was like, you just rock with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually like Pyro probably more than Wu Tang, and maybe just because I'm more of a West Coast person. Absolutely, that was our West. Coast. <laughs> saying, that was literally like our West Coast Wu Tang. Them and like the little Living Legends, you know. Ooh. So it's a mischief, the whole thing. Yeah. 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 How about you, Marjani? Alien comes down. What what song do you give them to be like, what is hip-hop in your life here? What song do you give them? Uh, Mike's of the Round Table. Mike's of the Round Table. Dog, like... <laughs> I, 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 guess I, I guess I am an emotional guy, dude. Like, I be getting emotional about this. I, dude... Like seriously, Mike's at the round table. Right? Yeah. Because because we we like we we have a King Arthur reference, right? So we we we're talking about like it, the the song is set set in an age of like maybe the 13th 12th century, right? There's the like goblins and all of that. So it's like combining all these literary forms in hip hop, right? Like it's painting this picture of like this crusade but it's but it, it but it's like it's it's dope i mean it's just crazy like the lyrics are potent the the delivery's potent the beat is potent like just everything you could imagine and especially like the alliteration to like we're we're, we're battle rap mcs like this is why we exist like to put hip hop on the map, but also our crew, right? Like everybody was about crews. We had dance crews back then, you had rap crews, you know what I'm saying? It was a crew, you dig? And so it's, it's um. I just think that song just epitomizes uh, just the, the lyrics, the, like the potent lyricists uh, of, that, of that time, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's not like I am better than you or you know what I'm saying? Look at my swag or whatever. It's not that, it's, sword slashing you know you know what i'm saying like drop the mic and vanish beam you know with the gravitas like i mean like this is dope you know what i'm saying hitting people with like a lance and i mean like <laughs> so sick so so i have, I have a question for you like what will be your top three hip-hop groups hip-hop groups yeah or even like who would be your number one? Like, like I want to see if we. I'm pretty sure we're all, almost on the same level. Well, if we're talking about staunch hip hop, are we talking about staunch hip hop? Because I, I need to know because like, I, because it's a, you know like the 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 paint is broad. The paintbrush is broad. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I all time. To me, I'm just gonna say mine. I'm just gonna say it flat. I'll say Outcast is is probably number one. And that's why I wanted to know if you're talking about how wide the brush is. You know what I mean? Like it's if, more if, than one person. If it's more than one person, it's a group. Yeah. Like, well, well, no. I just meant like, it, does it have to be ting ting boop, like boom boom bap, that kind of hip hop, or is it just like? Because definitely Outkast. I mean, definition I guess of hip hop too. Because like to me, 
they they represented a lot of different styles of hip hop. Absolutely. Because when they came out with L- uh, ATL, Elev- yeah, yeah, that was like boom bap, you know. Me, uh, mama, and your cousin. Too. Like, come on! But they gave it a little South swagger. And then when they came out with uh, what was it? Uh, Stinko? No, not Stinko. Stinko was the second one, right? Stankonio was the third one. Their first one was uh, yeah. Their yeah, uh, so Stankonio was the third one, and they came out with that, and that was like some southern stuff, man. That was like some southern flow to it. And then they come out of nowhere with some kind of weird, trippy bombs over Baghdad type. Stankonio, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. no, which one? Which one's the the one with um, oh, I can't love below it. speaker box, speaker box, no, not love below one, I. Yeah, Swim and I. That's that's when I was going to say. Swim and I came out with some, like... That shit was on some soul shit. The artist storytelling, like, I mean, like, that is one of the... Woo! Man, that song right there, bro, like, just the lyrics. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Like, and then when they added Slick on it... Yeah. Good night. Yeah. Good that's night. Crazy. The homage. Good night. Good night, bro. This is that Slick Rick, uh... It's like, not... Once upon a time, not long ago. Mm. Oh, that one's cold too, though. That's storytelling right there. Yeah, the OG one. Yeah. Hey, hey, young world is like one of my favorite slick songs. Like, uh, that made me cry when I was like ten, bro. Like, my sister used to listen to that. My sister's Slept. seven years older than me, so Slept. she get she put me on all like the game, like when I was younger. You know yep. what I'm saying? But yeah, it was just beautiful song. Like, yeah, dope. They were. I remember listening to uh, DJ Quick. You know, they're about five years older than me. I'm listening to DJ Quick, and I'm not supposed to listen to it. I'm like, <laughs> stuff. It's amazing. You know, you're like sitting there. So they're probably my biggest hip hop influence. My cousins. You know what I'm saying? Like, they snuck that stuff in. They were telling me about Snoop. I remember my uncle, my cousin actually, who's a pastor now. He, <laughs> he had Eminem's like underground record before he even popped off. He's like, yo, this kid. I swear to God, I was like, oh my. Yo, how do you guys view Eminem in the pantheon of hip hop? I'm, I'm glad you asked because that because he kept a grudge. Kind of what we talked about earlier, like when you get rich, like he didn't let that stop him from being, from, from, from his lyrics. You know, they didn't change it. Now drugs change his lyrics, but not his money though. I was going to say. He was still fighting bouncers and all of that. I feel like, man, like after his maybe second album, it just was like it. It was good for its time. It didn't age well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think as a lyricist, he's one of the best lyricists. However, what he raps about or some of the stuff he raps about, I I don't feel anymore because I'm past that that time. You know, like I I used to go back and listen to this album called God Loves Ugly by Atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. I listen to that and I'm like, ugh, I can't listen to it now. Mm-hmm. That part of me and who I was at that time is no longer there. Right. Dark ass music or that dark ass feelings, you know? Mm. So, yeah. uh, you know, for me, some of that stuff with Eminem, it, did, it didn't age well with me. You know? But when I go back and listen to his older stuff, I'm like, oh, that was. You know, yeah. Anything he dropped, I was trying to download it or find it, you know? That's it. LimeWire, get it. LimeWire, give my, give my computer HIV. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! See, That's crazy. Eminem is like 
he he checks the mark. I think for me, if I here's how how do how are we supposed to look at music today? Because it's like the way I look at artists, it's definitely more than the artists. I think for me today, more so than it ever was. I think that the artist definitely is a huge component, but I think now right. where producers are, sound engineers, right. like I think that shit's like right up there, it, like hand in hand. It's just crazy because back in the days, like producing barely people knew who produced songs like till like way later you know what i mean like people didn't fuck with producers but now this is a producer's world where there's producers singer songwriter so i mean there's a lot of intricacies just in music like i i view it as almost like a team like it's i i pay attention to you know when you see those behind the scene things they be like yo i'm gonna get this dude he's my sound engineer he's gonna listen to my whole album right before i put it out i'm like that's i did not know that's part of the process and looking at something like a marshall mathers i'm like he's similar to me like what happened to cannabis where it's like damn like damn, lyrically they could kill everybody but production wise there wasn't like even though eminem was dre he had some hits i think dre saved his own shit for his own stuff like chronic 2 was like one of the craziest produced albums ever lyrically right. it's dope he has the right hooks and everything but production's crazy so you would yeah. think someone like cannabis would hook up with like imagine cannabis over like kanye's like you know first right, album right, or right. dre with you know so and so like it'd be insane but i'm just i don't know how you guys see it we could probably end the night with this last one i know it's getting late but you know let's take a go around and see what you guys think and how do you see who gets credit for music or where do you put emphasis on or you know whatever whatever you guys think or whatever the beat that's how i feel with the clips like when the when when Pusha P like got out of the clips and he was like rapping over kanye beats and more sample based beats I was like, yo, they're sick. But for some reason, when there were the clips, I didn't really feel it the same way. Obviously, everybody loves the, the Nipsey stuff, but I just, for me, when the clips got on with more, like, you know, uh, uh, with Kanye or whatever, actually, it was really, um, I would, but when he got separated and made his own uh, thing, Pusha T, it was like, yo, he was so dope. But Eminem, I think he's, I think he's, a, he's obviously a pioneer. I mean, he, he bridged the gap between people who didn't really want to listen to him. I mean, you literally could see his, you saw his CD being sold in Hot Topic. They did not have rap albums in Hot Topic. <laughs> but they had Eminem. That's a good point. That's oh. a good point. I mean, like, till I collapse, like, I mean, songs like that, like, they still do it for me. You know what I mean? Because, like, I hear the passion in it and, uh, you know, obviously the collabs are dope. You know what I mean. And um, but but yeah, when he went off into like his drug ballads, obviously those don't resonate with me, uh, because they because they didn't they didn't have a consistent inspiration other than drugs. You know what I mean. But like when he was mad at Kim and he was you know fighting for like you said approval to be accepted. I mean the whole Eight Mile epitomized that right was like the epitome of the, his early career or uh, not the, I don't want to say epitome, but basically it was just like the movie form of that uh, being accepted. Uh, you know, he, he, he was hungry, you know, and I, I think that's what's inspiring him right now because he's an OG, you know, in the game about to be 50, you know, and still uh, still out there feeling like he has something to prove and that's, that's, that's good for him, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I just have always been eclectic with my tastes. And so uh, I, I like a whole bunch of different artists, different type of genres of music. And so when people 
incorporate different genres, kind of like to your point, Ryan, like, I think that's dope. And, um, and to your other point about the producers, like, I know we hear about the super producer era, right? But in rap, I think we have to be specific that there's a super producer era in rap, right? Like with Tim and, and, and you know what I mean? And, and, and the Neptunes and Kanye, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but before that, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, uh, you know, that like Motown, like they, they, uh, they had their producers, like, you know, Barry Gordy was like doing a whole bunch of stuff. And like, you know, that, that, that whole thing, um, where it, that's his sound, you know? Quincy Jones, you know? Quincy Jones, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's the sound, uh, you know, and that's why you have so many samples, right? Because those are winners, you know what I'm saying? Like where you can still incorporate those. And so uh, definitely I, I, I like that. I, I like where it's come from and I like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, that, that, that whole sound. It doesn't have to be just hardcore, you know what I mean? It can have a little bit of um, levity to it or, you know, R&B to it. Like, I suggest you guys check out this guy called D-Smoke. Oh, we, we, I know that. D-Smoke. I've heard of that name. I haven't heard of his uh, stuff. I'll, I'll take a listen to him, though, for sure. You know, he's, I mean, like, most people say he sounds like Kendrick, which I don't really care. But... but they're both from L.A., though, so he has an L.A. sound because Kendrick sounds like L.A. Yeah, I mean... It, it just that people say I know what you're saying on that, right? That and it's kind of funny. Like he, he talked about it in an interview where it's like, it's like you know, there's a lot, there's a bunch of cookie cutter rappers that sound alike, but then like when he kind of sounds like Kendrick, people want to be like, yo, what the, what's the deal with that? You know, like I can't <laughs> really tell the difference. Travis Scott and Aesop Rocky or whatever for me, you know. <laughs> just being honest, you know. Yo, where does J. Cole rank? Where does J. Cole rank? Yeah, what do you guys think of J. Cole? Because that's like after our era, because we were, I mean, at least the era that we more or less are into. But J. Cole kind of is almost, the way I see it anyways, and how the portrayal is kind of like, yo, he's kind of like the OG of this generation, the cats that are around now. What do you guys think about J. Cole type thing? You know what I mean? Raw. Mixtape J. Cole is like, I have to put him on another level. Because, like, he made it look so easy. Like, he made it sound so easy. And then to find out he was producing some of his own stuff. And just the how, like, it was gritty, but it was real. Right? It's like, I, I don't live on the East Coast. You know, I don't live in New York. I don't live in North Carolina. Like, but I felt that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt it. Like, it, it, it just, it, 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 it was like, I don't know, man. He's so good at, at, at um, painting pictures. You know what I mean? Situations we've been in. Can I hit it in the morning? You know what I'm saying? Like the whole thing. And I'm not talking about the one that Drake's on. No, not that one. The original one. You feel me? Like, uh, I mean, he has Friday Night Lights, man. Like, I, I, I uh, what was it? Um, uh, Premeditated Murder. That's like one of my, that's one of his hardest songs to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, he was like, uh, with, uh, uh Oh yeah, all them songs that I made in my bedroom, you know, finally gonna get in, uh, room, leg room in the whip, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, just things that you, you you get it, you know what I'm saying? You understand it, you, you, I think, you can definitely relate. I think J, well, I like Kendrick a little more than J. Cole, but I, I feel like J, when, when J. Cole literally said that song, Little Child, and I listen to it, it literally makes sense of what he's saying. 
he's like caught in two different generations. He's trying to hold. He's like holding on to like maybe more of what we like, in a generation that doesn't even like really rep that as much. Although there's a lot of actually what they call lo-fi now, which I think is which are hip hop, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, like there's a lot of kids that like the lo-fi, but it seems like the, the, the trap and all that stuff is a major thing. And even though J. Cole has the lyrics, he's able to kind of bridge the gap in between. And so that's why I think that Middle Child song was so dope. But uh, I can't think of the song that resonates with me so much. Uh, it's the one where he talks about having sex for the first time. Oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Like that one to me. The one where he lies to the girl and it. Yeah, I like a, yeah. Like that's I never did. Yeah. like I know that we all probably felt that way where you're like trying to lie about it and you're like, yo, this is like nerve wracking. How am I gonna get through this great greatest feeling in the world, you know? And you're like you're trying to play it cool, but you you're like ready to go, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that that's all like I mean a lot of his songs resonate with me just because his like we said earlier, the message and stuff. Talking about not just doing brr, skr, brr. <laughs> <laughs> but but even January twenty eighth, like that 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 beat is just I I mean it has everything you want. It has the has the has the bass, has the kick, and it has like the sample, like the little melody, you know what I'm saying? Ah like I mean like and that's just you know uh it, it's just so beautiful. And I think to your point, Marcus, like he had to impress Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? Like he he in order to get his deal, so like Obviously, Jay-Z's from a different era, right? But now he's making music for people 30 years younger than him. You know what I'm saying? 20 years younger than Jay-Z, I should say. You know what I mean? Uh, when you move to New York and the whole thing. So now, like, yeah, he is, I mean, literally, he is the middle child in, in, in that regard. And um, But, like, uh, it just, it is, it's both. It's the production and it's the lyrics to me with him. He's, he's got the whole thing. <laughs> I slept on and I, and I you know, and I wish he was still alive. But Mac Miller was was a lot better than I thought, man. Because I always remember that track song that he had. And then I never really listened to him. I was like, I'm not into that. And then when I went back and listened to his, like, he was. What song didn't you like, you said? It was, I think it was the Trump song where he was like, uh, uh, okay. something Trump, that, you know, the one where he's like, nah, yeah. nah, like a little beat. And I was like, I didn't really feel that. And I was like, whatever. And when I went through some of his discography and stuff, like his Nike one was dope. That was the first thing I heard. The first song I heard. With the Divine Enemy, that album was dope. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You know, he has a lot of good heat on that too. But that, he, he was he was a dope artist, man. You know. Yeah. yeah, I came around late to that whole generation. Like, I think Kendrick was the only artist. I think I was kind of like right there from the get-go. But I think J. Cole, I was really hard on him initially. Mac Miller, I didn't touch until like right before his death. I think that album right before he passed, I was like, whoa, where am I at? Like, (laughs) I'm tripping. And it's cool because at first, I think I was still holding on to like the clutches of the era. And I think like when all those dudes came out, the only one that was really like, you know, I was fucking with at the time was Kendrick. But looking back at it, I was like, damn, they really did like a – in my opinion, I think they did the generation really well. And I think tra- help transition, at least looking back at it, uh, you know, to this new era where they, you know, are taking it to, you know, their own little levels or everything. But 
yeah, Mac Miller. I was like, damn, like, dude, like even uh, even Lil Dicky, like, man, Lil Dicky is crazy and quirky <laughs> as that is lyrically, bro. I'm like, dude, and his production, like, the, the delivery might not be, you know, savory like that, but what he's speaking and kind of how he presents, it's actually pretty dope to me. Like, I was like, yo, that's he, he's he's repping hard. He's probably one of the hardest white or like rappers, period. Not even white, just rappers straight up. Yeah, he's that generation's Weird Al Yankovic, you know. And, <laughs> that's an interesting. That's an interesting take, man. You know, and he does it well. I and we enjoy it, and his show is supposed is supposedly hot, you know. Yeah, I know. It's good. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> no, I, I, I ain't mad. I, I, I even listen to Joji, bro. Like, I mean, I, I just like, I, I just, uh, I respect the artist. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, some of the ad libs in and like the song, the melodies, it's just like, okay, maybe you're not like a rapper, but you put this song together well, right? And, and I respect that. I, I enjoy it. Like I can actually. All about the vibe. All about the vibe, man. That's true. Party notes, uh, Marcus, any parting notes? Anything you want to say? Shout out, let people know what you're, where you're at, what you're doing? You know, uh, stay positive, you know, during this time, you know, wherever you believe and whatnot, stay safe. Love you guys, man. Thanks for this podcast. Yeah, for sure. Marjani, any, any lasting takes, anything you want to share before you leave? Shots out, anything? Right, thank you for uh, this opportunity. Hopefully we get to get down again. I wanted to talk about next time, hopefully we could cover whether or not, whether or not Jordan was good for, for NBA, for the, for the, for the NBA as a whole okay i like it i like it i, mean, I, I kind of want to say but uh, we can wait, we can wait for no we'll save that for the next episode that means we definitely doing another one well all three of us man now i i definitely appreciate both of y'all coming on this is something that uh you know i hope to do a lot more of and whenever you can hop on marjani that'd be great and i know me and marcus already kind of had a couple episodes on our belt but for you to be in this I definitely appreciate you, you know, taking time out today, brother, to, to come through. And uh, Marcus, you already know where I stand with you, brother. It's always love, man. You know, thank you guys again. This is the Sky High Podcast. And, uh, yeah, the next one, we're we, we going to go in hard. So, uh, yeah, thank you to all who are listening. And until uh, next time, you know what I mean? That's what's right up. On. Right on, right on. Good looking out, man. Appreciate right, you. Yeah. I'm going to put it on pause. We'll go to pre-recording.